My guest today is an accomplished keyboardist known for his work with Japan and Porcupine Tree. He has a brand new solo album out called Planets and Persona. Pleased to welcome Richard Barbieri. Hi there. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm okay, thanks. Pleasure to speak with you, man. I'm a, a big fan of your work, big fan of, you know, Porcupine Tree, your solo stuff and, and, and everything. And it's always a pleasure to get to speak to somebody like yourself, especially another country. I know it's hard to schedule, so thanks for giving me a few minutes. Yeah, no problem. No problem. You have a new album that just came out, Planets and Persona. It's your third solo album. You know, you, you're always pretty busy. Maybe a lot of people don't know all the different projects and everything that you've, you've working on since Porcupine Tree uh, has taken an extended hiatus or whatever you guys want to call it. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, talk about the, the new album and what uh, what brought you to make another one now. Um. Yeah, well, it, it's been about six or seven years since uh, my previous album. And um, I was writing a lot of material, and originally some, you know, was aimed at Porcupine Tree, but it seemed, you know, more and more likely that there wasn't going to be any Porcupine Tree activity imminent. So I just thought, you know, maybe I should just concentrate on my own thing and just, you know, get back to just being a bit selfish and just thinking about myself yeah and i had a plan to try to make this album something more just to go back to recording how i used to record albums you know in the 70s and 80s where people used to go into real studios with real people in the room at the same time and you know it's not so easy to do these days yeah um, and a lot of people make albums remotely by you know and sending waveforms over email and <laughs> i didn't want that kind of process i wanted i wanted it to be an experience and i raised some money by auctioning off a lot of old memorabilia that i didn't want anymore you know did a lot of japan and porcupine tree stuff and um and there's a lot of fans out there and <laughs> they <laughs> they really wanted this stuff and it was good that they were going to a, a good home and that people would take care of it and it kind of you know gives those items a longer a longer lifespan and so by raising more money, it allowed me to go to other countries to work with more musicians and just to make the album a bigger thing, a more expansive sound. And um, it turned out to be probably, well, I think probably the best thing that I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, the reviews have been, have been pretty great. I mean, how long did it take you from start to finish to put uh, the thing together? Well, not, not too long. Once, I'd, once I kind of... Um, started writing a couple of pieces everything flowed really quickly and it became apparent that this was the time to do it yeah. and um so it just seemed there was creative opportunities all the time and and i was kind of responding to that and it was just working really well so i think the only the whole thing probably only took about four to five months if that Oh, that is pretty quick these days for a, for a yeah. project. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of sort of, uh, I, I don't know how you would describe it, but sort of a lot of ambient sounds and, and uh, different sort of sonic experimentation, I think. And, um, yep. you know, was it, when you're writing that kind of material, how much of it is you locking yourself in a room with, with some of your gear and, and fooling around for, for a few hours, or how much of it is, is in your head getting written and, and more, more traditionally? Mm, well, it's a, it's a bit of both, but mostly tracks start off from a very abstract point. Um, it'll be something, like as you say, sitting around, messing around, almost unconsciously. And I tend to set up kind of uh, processes on the computer where... Uh, 
accidents will happen and i i don't write in in a conventional musical sense with musical theory so i'll fly in various kind of samples and sounds into rhythm machines and they'll program they'll fire off these sounds at, at random points and and it will be very kind of abstract but there'll be something in there that i'll latch onto, and that that will be my focus and then i'll start building around that and then it will be more musical and of course i've already got kind of ideas and concepts in my head anyway so i take it up to a certain point but i wanted the musicians on this album to be the kind of featured artists really they're they're the ones who are providing the kind of performances and the and the those kind of really emotional moments i've kind of just provided a backdrop for that in a way yeah, I mean, where where does uh, typically ha- has your inspiration come from when when you write uh, either you know the solo material or prior mm. stuff that you that you've worked on before? Well, my most of the time my my influences aren't actually musical. You know, the things that I that I like listening to don't necessarily have an influence on the kind of music I like. Um, so you know, I mean, I, I, I'll like. Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, but there's there's nothing of that in my music at all. <laughs> On the other hand, there are some things that are are aspects of what I do. I was quite, uh, I would say, I was quite influenced by Robert Wyatt. I don't know if you've ever heard an album he made called Rock Bottom. No, can't say I have. It was produced. Yeah, it's an amazing album. It was produced by Nick Mason from Pink Floyd, okay. and uh, in 1974, I think, and. That was kind of an amazing uh, album for me, and um, there's there's little touches there, a little kind of nods to, to towards that. But um, no, to be honest, I'm more in, I'm more influenced by kind of uh, emotions and places and atmospheres than I am actual actual musical pieces. How does your approach change when working with with a vocalist uh, in in what you write? Um, my my kind of approach to making music doesn't change. Um, but if you're working with a vocalist, um, say if I'm working in Porcupine Tree or something, um, then you're working with songs. So you, you are, um, you're kind of serving a song. That's the most important thing. But I still work in quite an abstract way. And I think that's one of the things that I kind of added to Porcupine Tree was I, I brought a more kind of... Um, abstract musical sort of um sense to it yeah you you also worked with steve hogarth on a couple of of uh releases over the last few years yeah what were those experiences like working with him and i'm assuming you're a big marillion fan um i do like them yeah i do like them but i mean i've i've known steve a long while we're we're best buddies and um Uh but we hadn't made any music together you know i'd 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 toured a little bit in uh on his solo project and played on his solo album um and it's something we've been meaning to do for ages because i mean i I just love his lyrics i love his voice as well and that was a that was quite a big thing actually for me and and for him and that album was a real kind of success for us and i think it's you know it's in my top sort of five or six albums that i've made over my career i was really happy with it and i think it took him in a different direction as well yeah 
Yeah, that's great stuff. I, I do want to ask you a little bit about Porcupine Tree. And of course, not not any questions that you get all the time about when the band's getting back together, because I know that's been there and, and, and done that. Yeah, Just going back a little bit, if that's okay, to... Um, yeah, sure. sure. To... Uh, in absentia and and signing with the uh, major label and and mm. sort of uh, you know Gavin then comes into the band. What do you remember about that time? And and uh, you know, for, for me, uh, for most people, I think that's when the music got maybe a little bit heavier to a degree and a little bit of a change. But I mean, that's one of my favorite albums ever. I think for a lot of people as well. What do you remember about that? Yeah, time? yeah. Well, like you, I mean, I, it was. Uh, I agree. It was it was a huge change for the band, and my favourite albums tend to usually be when there's a big change in musical direction as well. So, In Absentia is is one of my favourite. In fact, it's probably my favourite Porcupine Tree album, Bat and Fear of a Blank Planet. Um, yes, it was kind of ex- an exciting time. Everything just stepped up all of a sudden because we'd we'd been in, ignored for so long, really, uh, being very much an underground band. And this was the first time that kind of a major label had shown any interest. And, you know, we'd been playing a long time and we'd done a lot of shows and we were kind of ready to step up to that challenge. And making the album as well in, in New York, that was a whole nother vibe as well. So that, that kind of added to it. And then having uh, Gavin there, that was Gavin's first work with us. Um, that was pretty amazing. And it, I think everything just kind of stepped up, ramped up. And um, that was really where I think uh, a lot of people discovered the band. Yeah. Even then, the band, I think, was still, like you said, it went up a a level. But could you have seen, fast forward, you know, the the 15 Mm. years or whatever it is since now, looking Mm. back on what the influence of the band has now become towards like the current state of, of music, because I think it's been pretty significant. Yes. Well, I I think we, we, you know, we always felt that we should be doing better. (laughs) We always felt (laughs) that we should be, we always felt that we should be more successful. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, Stephen feels that today. He feels that he should be much more successful. (laughs) Um, So it's kind of, um, it's it's great. It's, it's it's great that we managed to kind of do those big shows and and you know sell hundreds of thousands of albums. And uh, it, I think it's what you know. I think we deserved it. And I think we 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 were slightly different to to the other prog bands. I think we just had a little bit more in our armory, if you like. Yeah. Um, that we could take it in other directions, probably because. You know, Gavin's background wasn't prog. He wasn't interested in progressive music. Um, and I, I'm not a technical player, you know. I mean, I don't really have any music theory, so I'm probably the worst person to join a prog band. <laughs> but, on the, but on the other hand, that's kind of a strength as well. Yeah. Because you had me at one end of a spectrum with kind of no musical knowledge but a different kind of approach, and then at the other you had Gavin, who's like just the most amazing musician. Um, I just think we just had that something extra so we, we could go and do like a, a heavy rock festival and people would would get into it. Right. You know, they wouldn't bottle us off the stage. Um, even though we didn't look the part, they would get into it. Or we could go, we could do, you know, quite commercial short tracks or we could do, you know, progressive rock epics. I just think that we 
we, as I say, I think we just had more, more to offer. Talking about fear of a blank planet, because that's, that's the other one that sort of people look at and, and say one of the highlights of the, of the band. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, how do you see that one, for the jump from an absentia to, to fear of a blank planet and, and why that one stands out? Well, I think it stands out for me as well because it was much more of a group effort. There was much more uh, songwriting going on with the, with the band, much more group uh, jams and sessions. And um, so there were more co-writes and a lot more arrangement input coming from, from the band. And I think, I think that always took it in a more interesting direction for me. I think if Stephen was just left on his own, then, you know, I... I don't think the material was as strong. The songs might have been strong, but I think sonically it wasn't as strong. So if you take, for example, the Incident album, you know, I don't, I don't really like Side 1 that much anymore. It doesn't hold up for me. Mm-hmm. And I find the Disc 2 more interesting. Um, not song-wise, but sonically-wise. And that's yeah. because the, it came out of kind of group writing sessions. That's interesting. I want to ask you a little bit about uh, you know the music business today and and streaming and you know how somebody like yourself finds you know Porky was sort of at the last era of of when you could maybe sell some records right so yeah, you know, how yeah does exactly. somebody like yourself look at the the business today and and sort of figure out how to navigate yeah well I think it's really tough for for, for new artists definitely um, I mean for for huge artists who music is just entertainment, you know, and not art, they'll be fine because they find other ways of making money through advertising and syncing films with uh, film syncs and uh, sponsorship. And, you know, that's that's all nothing to do with music, really. But for, for new artists trying to break through, or even medium-sized artists, it's really tough. Because soon, you know, the venues are going to start um, taking more money off these bands. I mean, we used to make our money from merchandise, but now a venue can charge you up to 30% for selling your merchandise there. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it's just becoming, it's becoming difficult. And I, I wonder how, you know, new acts are going to break through. There's still going to be great music, but it's just going to be something different. I think we're, we're the kind of last or last but one generation who will kind of have this love for music or, or this thing about buying physical product. I think, I know vinyl's had a, a resurgence, but, but that is going to just subside in the end. Right. Yeah, they can't um, sustain for too long. I don't think so. I don't think so, because as I say, I think we're the last generation to where, where probably music is our life, as opposed to now where for most people, music is a kind of part of their life. It's an accessory. Um, so I don't like this. I hate the streaming thing. I don't <laughs> have any of my albums up there. I, I, I let them have a couple of tracks from each album so people can hear what it's about. And then they're just going to have to buy it, you know. Yeah, I like that approach a little bit, actually. There's some artists that choose to not have anything. And I think then you're you're maybe cutting off yourself completely. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of not, not worth doing that. It's best just to, you know, let people know what you're doing. Try to get some interest. But but say, hang on, this, this album's important to me. It's yeah. not something that's going to be part of your $9.99 a month. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you hey, know. I, I get it. I think it's important. The album is, is important. You've got to 
you gotta appreciate what people are putting their their efforts into. Um, yeah, you know, so that's that's why uh, artists like yourself and all the all the people that we speak to, we 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 uh, value so much. Um, you know, I mean, you... a band like if Porcupine Tree were going now, in fact, and, and when we were going, it, we got to the point where this wasn't a problem because we could make money from touring, um, from playing shows, and from selling merchandise. Right. Um, so that was fine, but to get to the point that we were at. How are these bands going to get to that point? Yeah, exactly. Are, are these bands going to be able to sustain working over like 13, 14, 15 years to get to a, to get to a higher level? That, that's, that's what's difficult. Yeah, tough challenge. Um, do you still talk to the other members uh, at all? Do you keep in touch with anybody, you know, Gavin or... Yeah, I was speaking to Stephen just the other day, actually. Yeah, oh, cool. he, he really liked my album. Um, he was really into it, and um, yeah, we're going to go and meet up, have some have some lunch soon. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll speak occasionally, you know. But you know what he's like; he's so busy. <laughs> yeah. And um, I guess we all are really. It's a kind of friendship, you know. A lot of friendships in life they they uh, they work within a within a work atmosphere. You know, it's like you might go to work or something; and they're your friends. But once you're not at that job anymore, or once you're not in the band, or the band isn't active anymore, then they're not really your friends who you you would see every week. You yeah. know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. They kind of they they become friends when 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 that project starts up again, or <laughs> you know when it's when it's active. But um, on the other hand, I have a group of friends who are with me throughout life, regardless of what I'm doing. Right. And they're they're kind of your they're your really close friends that you you go through life with, and you know we all probably have, you know, five or six, four or five people like that in our lives, I guess. Yeah, I just the other day I got together with I get together once a year with some friends that I used to work with twenty years ago, and and that yep. was uh, the other day. And you stay in touch, <laughs> but I hear exactly exactly what you're saying. Uh, very cool. Uh, again, the pl- album Planets or Personas out now. Uh, everybody should check it out. Richard, thank you so much for your for your time, and I appreciate it. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Well, thank you. It's 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 been enjoyable. Thanks a lot. Appreciate right, it. Take it easy. Take Thanks. care. Bye. Okay. Bye bye. Thanks to Richard for the interview. His new album, Planets and Persona, is available now. For upcoming news and interviews, please check theprogreport.com. Follow us on Facebook at the Prague Report on Twitter or download the podcast on iTunes. Thanks. <laughs>